You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by two of my co-hosts today, Nick Floor and Kyle McClare. Nick, how you doing? Doing great. Enjoying the weather over here and uh, watching some good football. You lucky bastards in California. You're always enjoying the weather. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, how you doing today, man? Uh, same as Nick. You know, enjoying the – it was a nice little breeze going on today, but uh, watching some football all afternoon and uh, talking to you too. Yeah, it's a little quiet here in the studio. There's no uh, no producer Pigeon today, no producer T. Uh, he's uh, he's a little under the weather. The weather's really changed up north here, so uh, – People are getting sick. I don't think it's coronavirus. I think it's just the regular old cold and flu season uh, for us up here in the north. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was struggling a little earlier this week. I'm kind of kind of on the mend here, doing a little better. I was I was getting ready to tell Nick like you're gonna have to host the show and produce everything because I'm gonna have to sit <laughs> out. But uh, I'm doing a little bit better. But let's give a quick shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at dyl underscore thpn. You can follow the show at stick hungry pod and kyle where can the fans find you mclaren underscore k and nick you can find me at nick floor underscore there we go uh so this week i mean there's not a lot to talk about not much sharks news is going on i was kind of hoping doug wilson would make a big splash with that i don't think that's going to happen realistically uh but something did come out now it was it was proven to be fake but uh the leaked fourth jerseys uh, but the old California Seals colors. W- what did you guys think about that when you first saw it? Were you for it or against it? Uh, and you know uh, what? I might actually bring it up here on the screen for people to take a look at. Yeah, it, in my opinion, I mean, I did not like the colors. I don't like that Colombian blue and piss yellow. I'm not Colombian a, blue. Oh, not a big it. fan of it. Not a big fan of that that blue and yellow. I mean, honestly, it's like just too much Denver Nuggets going on there. I like the the old school teal. And black and, and that, that light accent of orange. I didn't mind the font, though, personally. I mean, if you're going back to the California Seals, to me, it, it wasn't that that color. It was, yeah, it was it was more of a greenish color. The only thing they're missing is the white skates. So if they're going to bring them back, bring them back to white skates as well. Oh, so. I, I, 100%. Like, if you're going to go for this color scheme, yeah. go in all the way. Yeah, yep. slap a toe pick on the front, too, yeah. while you're at it. But to me, that's just that's that's not even the colors of the old California Seals team. It's kind of a mixed match of the new Sharks teal and their color. But I'm not a big fan of it. It kind of looks like that basketball team, that movie. I can't remember the movie's name. It's like the Miami something, and uh, Will Ferrell terrible. played in it. It looks just I, I just don't like it. You're so you know if they're gonna go oh semi pro semi pro is what you're talking about. Yes. Oh man, like, what what was the team called? Such a good movie. I watched it recently, actually. Such a good movie. Oh my god. Uh, anyways, but no, if you're gonna go back and you're gonna represent the seals, is do it like authentically. Don't change some things. You mean the font's okay, but I just yeah, I just can't see Brett Burns wearing that on the ice. But 
Look, um, look at that beard and the, and the color combination of the jersey. Can't see that. Look at that thing. Could you imagine that flowing out on the ice? Oh, my Just, God, no. The, the team name was the Flint, Michigan Tropics. Yes, Damn. that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck, that, that movie's that, – that's an underrated Will Ferrell movie. It is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I've, exactly. I've never puked before. <laughs> <laughs> no, no this is this is ugly in my opinion i if, yep. you, if you're gonna go old school sharks you need to go old school sharks like like this you need to go back to the old mm. 91 92 jersey and if you're gonna do an invert just make it a gray jersey or something or a white jersey or a black or something totally. along those lines this is when they didn't yep. really have much orange in the logo Yep. So, and, and they're already moving away from the orange anyways. Like that was a mid to late 2000s type of thing. So yep. if you're going to go classic, use a classic logo, use an old school color scheme, like stop yep. with the, whatever that was, please. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd be fine with it if it was just a one-off, but having it as a regular alternate Jersey, hell no. Hell no. Yeah. I mean, I just to see, you know, with the white skates and the light colors, it would be <laughs> kind of funny to see just for one game. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know if the guys would want to wear that either. It's not uh, like those colors aren't very menacing compared to, you know, the teal and the black and the gray that we have going on now. We're going to skate circles around our opponents with our dashingly handsome and perfect figure skating skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people on Twitter were not feeling it, to be honest with you. And uh, most, most of the time when, when these kind of jerseys come out, like the, the throwback vintage jerseys, people are all over it but this time it just didn't fly with uh with most people yeah, you look at other you look at other teams too though and, and you look they, they've changed their logo they've changed a little a color scheme the sharks have always been teal white and black do you I mean there's really not much old school in my opinion besides a logo if you went back to yeah. the old logo that's a difference why won't they uh i mean their winter classic or not winter classic but their uh whatever it was called back in the day is do something with that like the heritage, the heritage. Yes, the heritage. That yeah, that's what it was called. So the heritage yeah. classic. I mean, go back to something like that. I like instead it. of. Yep. I, mean, I did too, but instead of doing the kind of, I mean, I just didn't like the color scheme. But like, like you said, uh, Nick is, is, I mean, the logo's fine. It's the colors. I just don't. I can't get. I can't wrap my head around. No thanks. Well, and it kind of shows the longevity of this logo that it hasn't be really been changed. I know the first one and the second one are slightly different, but the concept is still the same. Yep. Yep. Uh, you look at some other organizations, they've uh, swapped it out like every you know, 15, 20 years, and that hasn't really been the case here in San Jose. Um, so this was an interesting uh, discussion. Nick, I might get you to uh, introduce this while I bring it up on the screen, but we had an infographic on Twitter about the worst UFA signings in San Jose Sharks history. Why don't you uh, quickly run that down while I get this up on the screen? Yeah, we decided to go. I mean, personally, when we talked about doing it, it was a little bit more recency bias. There was a couple of names that, I mean, you only get three options, and we wanted to kind of tailor it a little bit more recent, but I believe we had uh, Michael Hanzus, Mikel Bodker, and Paul Martin as the three options for the worst UFA signing in Sharks history. There's a couple other names that were thrown out there on Twitter by uh, diehard Sharks fans from like the, the late 90s and in early 2000s. But uh, we, it's got a lot of traction in a sense because there's a lot of names and a lot of faces on here that, that caused a lot of Sharks fans' faces to just kind of cringe. Everyone remembers the uh, William Carlson goal that was scored essentially because of Paul Martin's uh, negligence as a player in the playoffs. 
Uh, everyone remembers Mikel Bodker just not performing up to the expectations in the contract that he was given, as well as taking out Jumbo's knee. Uh, rest in peace <laughs> to that ligament. And then uh, who could forget Hansus is just completely horrendous showing as a San Jose Shark. I don't have the stat line in front of me, unfortunately, but it was just like he completely disappeared on the team just in the entire lineup. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? So if you only had these three options, who would you pick? Or if you had somebody else, who would it pick? Who would you okay, pick? Okay, well, first of all, growing up a Vancouver Canucks fan, this actually makes me really sad because if these are the worst UFA signings in the history, damn, like Doug Wilson's doing a hell of a job. Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, look at some other teams. I'll use the Vancouver Canucks as an example. Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, and Louis Erickson, all within the last three years, would beat all these guys uh, for the entirety of the San Jose Sharks history. So uh, it, it's something else, honestly. For me... My least favorite player of the bunch is Michael Hanzus, just because that guy was so goddamn slow. So slow, he could not keep up with the play, especially at the end of his career when he was with the San Jose Sharks. I mean, the contract, it, it wasn't big money, it wasn't huge term, but I'd say he's probably my least favorite of, of all three. Um, as far as the contract goes, I guess I'd have to say uh, Bodker, because he was paid fairly well, and he really didn't produce... Uh, very much for the Sharks. I don't know, Kyle, what do you think about this? You mean, to, in my opinion, uh, it's actually Martin. To me, he, to me is, uh, he played with Burns for a while, but what did he bring to the table? And, and I think, you I mean, it just, I didn't see defensive side of his game that I saw earlier in his career. So to me, it's him. And, and it doesn't matter how much money you're getting or whatever. It's, it's what you've done for me lately. And so, I mean, once he uh, retired or, or left the organization, I'm like, oh, thank God. You I mean, you need defensemen to freaking step up and do their own thing besides playing with a great player. And so besides, I mean, I have another player in mind, but I don't know if you guys were born yet when uh, Bill Guerin was here. Do you remember him? And he was a hell of a player. Oh, we know we know who Bill Guerin is. Yeah, we know right? Billy G. You should know who <laughs> Billy G is. But you I mean, to me, it's it's he was supposed to kind of take us over that hump that one year. And I don't think he produced as much as he should have. And I mean, I love Bill Guerin. I play with him in Boston as well. So... Yeah, uh, that's just my other. That's just my other. Uh, my other thought besides these three players. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of flack uh, on Twitter actually for putting oh. Paul Martin on this on this infographic. Yep. There's a lot of people who swear by Paul Martin as like yep. the, he's the reason why Burns got his his Norris, and yep. in reality, it's not. It was, uh, it was Brent Burns's stellar gameplay yep. in play as an offensive defenseman that led yep. him to winning a Norris Trophy. Yep. Uh, you know, Paul Martin went from. I mean, he was making $4.85 million a year. Yep. So that's that's pretty good money. That's like one of the largest contracts the Sharks have ever handed out to a unrestricted free agent. And he went on to be a healthy scratch for a while, got put on waivers. Nobody wanted him. And then he ended up having to be bought out. And, and you yep. saw that cap get reflected on – or that cap hit get reflected on our salary cap the last couple of years. Yep. So I understand where he stands in a lot of uh, like a fans' hearts – for the first two years where we just yep. went on a tear. But at the same time, if you only perform for half of your contract, are you even worth that contract in a sense? I mean, there's just, that's the main reason in my opinion, why he was on that infographic. Another yeah. honorable mention that was thrown around was Adam Burrish, as well as uh, I think it's Bob Rouse or Bob Ruse, who was also given a fat contract as a defenseman from the sharks and literally just fell off the face of the earth for yep. the sharks. 
with uh, Adam Burrish, it surprises me that they gave him a four-year contract. I mean, he was really a fourth-line guy. Not very often do you see guys like that getting four-year contracts. It's normally one or two years, but to give him four years, I don't know. That, that was a bit much for me. I mean, I, I know the money wasn't huge, but still, you're committing to a guy like that. that that's fairly risky. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's, a, that's a lot of term for a fourth-liner, yeah. exactly like you said. Uh, Changot97 says, I remember Klo was outspoken about how he didn't like Kanzus's performance while in San Jose. Yeah, because he's a slow fucking skater. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, all I can was, say. He was atrocious. Like, I can't yeah. even put it into words. Let me see if I could find a quick stat for him. Uh, he had two points in 28 games for San Jose. Wow. And then decided to just go to Chicago and win a cup. Like, yeah. fucking A, Hanzus, come on, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, but overall, like I said before, I mean, if these are the worst UFA signings in the history of the franchise, we're doing all right. We're not doing yeah. too bad here. Yeah, it, but that has a bit of an asterisk to it in a sense, right? Because Doug Wilson's never been a free agent spender, right? What has he always done statistically or just habitually over the years? Here, I'll give you my first-round pick for your proven NHL star. See Eric Carlson. See Brent Burns. See Evander Kane. Like, that is just what we do. And before they can hit free agency, we re-sign these players. So, Doug Wilson hasn't had to take that gamble, uh, or he hasn't had to essentially, yeah, take that gamble on yep. those free agents because he brings these guys in at a cost, makes yep. sure that they can mesh with the team, and then they move forward after they get their overpaid contract <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that just shows you what like how good he is as a gm because any team that tries to build through free agency isn't going to work because you're overpaying guys every time in free agency so you know if you have four or five main pieces on your roster yet that you acquired through the free agency you're not you're not going to have money to put into the depth into the third fourth lines of your team um, so I don't know. I, honestly, I it, it kind of amazed me when I saw this list. I, I just think Doug Wilson's done an awesome job uh, in that regard. Um, some rumors going around. Connor Sherry, apparently the uh, the San Jose Sharks are interested in Connor. I almost said the Canucks there. Yeah, I saw um, that. I was like, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Nobody notices it, but I heard it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys think about this? I mean, if we can get him on the cheap, I think he's a pretty good fit for this team, a fourth, third line kind of guy. I don't think he produces a lot of offense anymore, but I think he'd be good in the locker room. He's yeah, still I mean, pretty He's still pretty young, isn't he? Uh, he's getting up there in age. He is. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll double check here. All right. Well, I mean, when he was in Pittsburgh, he was scoring some goals. But look who he was playing with. You know what I mean? Exactly. But it, was, it was big goals. So, I don't think – Again, if you, if you put him on the third or fourth line, he's going to be as effective as he was a couple of years ago. But again, and now he's got to change his style of game. Is he willing to do that and play third or fourth line minutes? So if he's going to be that, then if they get him on a cheap down low, I'm okay with it. But I'm not going to pay a guy that that he's past his prime uh, when it's been three or four years ago. Uh, Chang got 97 saying Sherry at 28 can play top six minutes. Yeah, he is 28 years old, so he's not, you know, he's still got some gas left in the tank. Um, I, we just don't have much money to throw out there. I don't know what kind of deal he's looking for, but if we can get him on the cheap, you know, one to two million dollars for two years, I'd be all right with that signing. Yeah, yeah I put him at about a million and a half dollars at as his ceiling and only a one year term because that's what everybody's getting nowadays. Yeah. So, one, one and a half million dollars, essentially the same contract that I would have wanted for Bobby Ryan. 
I like Bobby Ryan more as a player, but uh, Sherry still has, like you said, gas left in the tank. He could be the uh, short-term problem for third-line center uh, or, or the solution to our problem that is a third-line well, center. Well, and he could become a problem eventually too. Yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't hate the the idea of having Connor Sherry. I just don't like the fact that the Sharks have like eight third-line left-wingers at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you're just throwing all your eggs in a basket in a sense. Yeah. And I don't know. I just It's a transitional year. We'll see what happens. Uh, Got 97 chiming in again says, let's just sign Hoffman. Let's make the shark season exciting. With right? what money? What yeah, money with... are you going to give out here? I have been using the same gif over and over and over on Twitter when everyone <laughs> brings this up. I'm just like, with what money? Where's We don't have any money, guys. Yeah. We have like $2.5 million left right now. So uh, I don't know where we can afford Hoffman. Hoffman's going to end up on a wackadoo team like buffalo or something on a one-year prove-it deal so then he can get the big bucks when the cap finally goes back up there's a lot of teams that have less money than the sharks do and there's a lot of actually still pretty good players out there that are gonna have to take a lot less money right now until that cap and until this covid goes away until fans start coming in so you know i just Hoffman again. I don't. I don't see the shark. I don't see the sharks signing him from that whole Eric and Carlson thing in uh, in Ottawa. So I mean, you can't forget that. But I just don't see them uh, be able to sign him. Yeah, you know what? I actually forgot about that. Um, that whole situation that was with the wives, right? They were. Yep. They were going at it online, and there's like yep. burner accounts being made. Yep. Fuck, that was a mess. Yeah, yep. it, I think it had to do with. Uh, Something involving the pregnancy situation with the Carlsons. It was just bad. It was, yeah, just, it was just bad. That's the reason why when he got traded originally over to the Sharks, everyone's like, okay, well, this takes us out of the Carlson possibility because you're yeah. not going to both be on the same team. And Ottawa wanted to move away from that drama llama situation. Yeah. So then he gets immediately flipped over to Florida, and we were back in on the Carlson sweepstakes, per se. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side, we're going to talk some general NHL news as well as our Twitter segment. So we'll catch you on the other side. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. All right, so uh, let's get into some general hockey news. Uh, Nick, do you want to take this uh, segment over here quickly? Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. There's a couple of different free agents that were left on the market, one of them being an uh, RFA. It's like uh, Reinhardt got a one-year deal, $5.2 million with Buffalo. 
Uh, that was a, I believe you, Dylan, had him in your armchair GM trade. That I did. For the Sharks. And, uh, you know, like we just said earlier, everyone's getting one-year deals. And 5.2 mil for a, I mean, a top six forward. I mean, it's not terrible for Buffalo. I mean, they got a pretty decent top six going on right now with the acquisition of Taylor Hall. Uh, do you guys think this is an overpayment, an underpayment, or just about right given the term? I think it's right given the term. I think in an ideal situation, Buffalo would like to sign him for four to five years. I think with a young guy like this, I don't know if one-year deals really make sense, but given the situation you know, with COVID-19 and the flat cap, you know, for, for Reinhardt, it might make sense as well because he can come out next year and just imagine if he gets some time with Taylor Hall. Then all of a sudden, he might be a, a $6, 7000000 million player if he can put up 70 to 80 points next year. So overall, I think it makes sense. I think it might bite Buffalo in the future. Uh, but overall, I, I think it's a pretty fair deal. It's a pretty short-term deal as well. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's another it's another prove-it almost deal like Hall. Do you know what I mean? Have one year, see where they go from there. Um, there. There's some big signings in Buffalo that they have to get around to in the next couple of years. So, uh, I mean, I don't think they're they're cash strapped as much as the Sharks are right now, but I think for uh, for Reinhardt, to me, it, it made sense. You mean come in, prove yourself again, and if he does it, then hopefully uh, the cap goes up and they can sign him long term. Sorry, I, I just got to address a comment that just came up. Uh, Shane Van Ice, I just got back from Christmas shopping. Yes, Shane, it, it's October. My God, it's no, October. No, no, no. no I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay Summer, here. With summer Shane. was like two weeks ago, for Christ's <laughs> sake. And you're talking about jolly old Saint Nick. I don't know. I ain't having it. It's still summer in California. At least it feels uh, like it on some of these 86, 87 degree days. No, Shane, Shane, I stand by you with this. Get this shit out of the way right now, because. If you can get out of the way right now, you won't have to worry about doing it later. That's a lot less exposure okay. to some grimy people. That's Here's my argument against that. If you're doing doing it right now, that means in October, you're already thinking about it. You're already worrying about Christmas coming up. What I do, late November, I just crush it in one or two days, <laughs> hammer it out. You get in before like the huge crowd show up at the malls. And you're not thinking about Christmas in October. We haven't had Halloween yet, Shane. Come on. Now. No. So with, with my wife and I, we have what's called a Christmas club account. So we put money into the separate account throughout the entire year. And at the end of October, that money gets then released essentially to us from this credit union. So then that kind of flips the switch on your head. Like, oh, shit, we need to get this done right now. We got too many kids. We got too many people to pay for. We just, we just got to get this out of the way because we don't want to be. I mean, there's a lot of grimy, nasty people in California. You don't want to be stuck behind <laughs> that in, in the target line. Not today. Well, <laughs> Not and States, especially well, and especially during COVID-19. I mean, mm -hmm. the malls and shit, I, that's going to be crazy. How are they yep. going to... How are they going to limit the amount of people in malls and, and shops when there's just hordes of people coming in? Well, I don't know how the they're going to do it. It's all going to be online shopping. And with that, you already have backed up shipping problems right now yeah. with the U.S. Well, with the United States Postal Service as well as FedEx and UPS. Get that shit out of the way now because you got the, the elections coming up in November. Like, just get it out of the way because you might not see those presents if you buy them online. You might not see those until mid to late november depending on what sort of like back order they may be on yeah amazon 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 i, I mean amazon i agree Prime. online shopping is huge but still i mean you go to the malls on you know close to christmas they're going to be packed no no matter yeah. what there's there's always those old school people who have to touch and feel the product before they buy it 
I mean, I I know you're uh, giving me a face there, Nick, but it's it's true though. It's true. Give me like the witch doctor. I'm gonna walk into a Macy's <laughs> with the witch doctor outfit on, which is the big ass nose sticking out. Yeah. Well, like you get people to stay six feet from me that way. Well, I was thinking about actually uh, wearing the pigeon mask uh, into stores now because hey, it, it's a mask. It, it works. It protects me against COVID. I think. Do it. Um, <laughs> and, and no one would be able to see my face, which is probably the best part of it all. Yeah. No embarrassment no, that way. No, no comment. You're just on, walking man. through a Walmart with a pigeon mask on. Right. Oh man, I, I can't wait to do that. It's gonna happen, boys. I'm gonna do it. Do it. Just make, sure record, to... just make sure you record it too. Oh yeah, I'll record it. I might have to visit uh, producer T and Trail before I do that, but it, it'll be a fun time. It'll be fun when you time. do your California trip. You gotta let Kyle wear it. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, any other general hockey news we want to cover before we get into the Twitter segment? Yeah, the uh, I believe I saw Pierre talked about or Pierre LeBron on Twitter spoke about the uh, NHL meeting. I believe the NHL had an owners meeting. Uh, they had like their own little Zoom call where they talked a little bit about uh, projected startup date. Uh, they officially canceled the Winter Classic, so that sucks. But um, they they have as far as the updates from what I'm seeing here, there's only one thing on this update list that really kind of piques my interest um first we have no assurances on a start date which i mean we all kind of expected that with COVID yeah. and everything going yeah. on um draft lottery they're thinking of making a change to the draft lottery there's no real explanation right now as to what it might be but that was brought up so just from your guys's perspective would you change this draft lottery moving forward uh, to the, the you know the traditional style it doesn't allow you to tank as much. Would you rather have it to where they restrict it to like the bottom five, six, or seven teams as opposed to the large amount that they have now? Or what would you guys prefer uh, the NHL do this moving forward? Uh, that's it's so tough to say. I mean, ideally, I think maybe you go with the bottom ten teams rather than all the teams that didn't make the playoffs. I'll go with the bottom ten. You know, it kind of, you know, for those teams on the bubble, I mean, do they really need a first overall pick? Probably not because they're on the bubble of making the playoffs. But also you don't want teams to tank like we saw in Buffalo a few years ago when they're trying to tank for Connor McDavid. It obviously didn't work out for them, but you don't want to see that again in the NHL. So I think ideally you'd pick the top or the bottom 10 teams and, and have a lottery that way. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, my opinion, you went... I don't mind the 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 ball droppings. You know what I mean? Again, it makes it intense. Kyle it likes it, the ball it, droppings. Kyle right? likes dropping Dance balls. You know I mean it's, it's, it's intense? It's it's fun to watch. Do you know what I mean? Does it does it really matter? Totally. I mean, again, it's 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 everything's to me is fair. Do you know what I mean it, I, it I is fair? Yeah, yeah. You know, but but again, it's, it's you're seeing teams sometimes over and over and over again get the number number one overall pick. But again, like this year was a little anomaly that it wasn't the, it wasn't the case. So I don't know. I, I just, I like the way it is. I like the old school as well. I mean, I've, I've been a part of it. So it's, uh, if they're going to change it at all to me is uh, like you guys were saying is, is the bottom 10 should be the only ones in that drop. And then the other teams, depending on where they finish the standings is picked the rest of the uh, teams that are on the playoffs. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Nick, Nick, what do you think? What do you think I the think- changes should be? Um, I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I feel like if you're going to move Great. to a 32, <laughs> to a, uh, if you're going to move to a 32 team league, uh, make it the bottom quarter. So bottom eight, yep. something along those lines, like you said, bottom eight, bottom nine, bottom 10, uh, imagine, right. I'm going to put it into perspective for you guys. 
Imagine if a team like Edmonton got the first overall pick this year because they got eliminated in the play-in stage. And that they're a team that's in, in my opinion, one of the toughest divisions. Now, we all know the Atlantic, I believe, is the toughest statistically, or Metro, one of those two. But the Pacific itself, with the rise of Vegas and mm. uh, Vancouver doing very well the last couple of years, Edmonton still being a top team with Connor McDavid in Calgary, there's not a whole lot of room left to, to not be on that bubble, you know? So if you're one point out of a wild card, then, uh, you know, imagine a team like that getting the first overall pick, getting their Lafreniere or Lafreniere. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Excuse me. Uh, getting their Alexis Lafreniere type of player. Like, I feel like if you're going to have that lottery restricted to like you guys were saying, either, the, you know, bottom eight teams, bottom 10 teams. Yep. All right, um, let's get into our Twitter segment now. We're going to start off with our Twitter poll question. The question was, where do you see the San Jose Sharks finishing next season with this current roster? I'll actually bring it up here on the screen. But the, uh, the options were contender, make the playoffs, just miss the playoffs, and bottom five team. Who do you think, uh, which one do you think won this, this poll? I'll let you go ahead first, Kyle. I don't. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. That's a tough one. I don't. I don't think they're going to be a contender. I think. I think. Uh, oh man! I, I mean, I, yeah. If they're gonna, if they're gonna squeak in, they're gonna squeak in the playoffs. Yeah, but totally. But I, I can't see them with this roster currently that they're gonna put out there in the beginning of the year is to be the same as the end of the year. So I think there's gonna be changes made if they can do it. But I don't see them winning a playoff round. At least not this year. But I see them again. It's just if they're going to squeak in, it's going to be that bottom eight, bottom seven, where they're separated by a point or two, and they have to win the last two games to get in. Is is the only reason why? So three point three percent say we're a cup contender. Drinking yep. the Kool Aid, yeah. I, glasses. Get, get yourselves checked out if you think that we're a cup contender going into next year. Um, but you know what? It's it's pretty close here. Make the playoffs is at thirty four point two percent, and barely miss the playoffs is at thirty eight point two. So I mean, very close. Some people say a quarter of the people actually say bottom five team. I, I'm going to say we just missed the playoffs. I, I, we're we're going to be close. It's not going to be as bad as last year, but I think we're just going to miss it. Yeah, big shout out to the Vegas fans for chiming in and telling us we're going to be a bottom five team. Really appreciate <laughs> you guys uh, interacting with our poll. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, honestly, I, we're just that bubble team. That, that's what we are right now. There's no way. There's no way we're as bad this coming season as we were last season. Like, I will eat my hat if we are that bad because it's almost statistically impossible for us to have that sort of. Uh, <laughs> to have that sort of like just piss poor performance from all across everyone that we have. It, it's just, it doesn't make any sense for me, but yeah, I would, I would have to go with the general consensus here that we barely miss the playoffs. I don't think, I don't think that we could squeak in based on the additions of the other teams in our division. I don't see us squeaking in as a wild card. Well, here's the thing last year. I feel like everything went wrong. Everything that could have went wrong did go wrong for the San Jose Sharks. So I don't think we're as bad as we showed last year, but I still don't think we're as good as a playoff team. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go bubble team uh, here as well. Uh, thanks, everybody, that voted on our poll question. 
Uh, we have one question from Twitter that we're going to get into from Ryan McKinney. This guy's a man. This guy's on here every single week. I love it. Uh, you can follow him at R Ryan McKinney one nine eight. He wants to know how long of a leash do you feel Doug Wilson has with the ownership group? Um, I'm, I'm going to say it's hard to say. I mean, if he was a regular GM on another team, I might say the leash is a bit shorter now. But Doug Wilson's been with this organization for I don't know how many years. I feel like one or two bad seasons isn't going to sink him and it's not going to make them fire uh, Doug Wilson. If we have four or five bad years, okay, I don't think you really have a choice. But at the end of the day, I still think the leash is fairly long uh, for Doug Wilson. What do you guys think? Well, he's been around since what, 2002? I think that's, I think that's uh, 2002, 2003, right? Well, he signed your check, so I hope you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Dean Lombardi was here when I first came, and Doug Wilson was in another position. I believe he was a director of player personnel. And they fired Dean Lombardi, and then they brought in Doug Wilson. So he's been around at least until 2003, I believe. Um, we haven't won a cup. We've been out in the first round how many years? So, again, is. is People love Doug Wilson, and, and I love what he's done. I just think it's a little bit shorter than what you guys think, but he's uh, he's in tight with the ownership uh, group. But he's like, who else is better? Like, who else is out there? Oh, no. Kyle. Oh, I, I, he was about to make such a great point, and oh, it cuts out the whole episode. Piggyback. I was going to piggyback oh, off of man, that. That was that... right here in my notes. It oh, was perfect. Oh, oh, oh I think he's making his way back. He's crawling back into the SAP center. Kyle, are you here? And he's not. He's oh, uh, man. Kyle has fallen silent. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I think what Kyle was starting to say was it, it's kind of a, a market thing, right? So who else is out there that is better than Doug Wilson? And Kyle, you yep. seem to be back, yep. so feel free to take it away. Yeah, no, I just, I just think, I, I mean, I don't know who's out there right now. That unless they're going younger or like an ex-player. And you know what? If it's going to be Mike Ricci or, or somebody like that that has no GM experience, does that really make sense right now where the team's trying to, in my opinion, they're not retooling, they're rebuilding. And Doug's done it. I mean, they got a lot of young players, but I just don't see somebody out there right now that goes, you know what? That's the guy that the Sharks need. Like Even like a coach-wise. I don't see them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's That's what I see. But again, it's I think right now Doug's got a uh, shorter – he doesn't have the longest leash in the world, but I think it's still pretty long in order to him maybe allow him to two to three more years and see where this team's at. So if he does get fired, Kyle, are you going to send over a resume and try and pick up that job or what? No. I'll be. You, you, can, you can send some clips from the from the Stick Hungry <laughs> podcast and be like, damn, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's hire right. him. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, that's the side of the hockey business that I don't want to be on. I'm sure Jumbo would give you his vote of confidence. Right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I mean, we go from ex-captain in Doug Wilson to GM, and then Jumbo goes from ex-captain right. to GM. That would be, oh, that would be beautiful. I'm that I'm that would be something else. I'm cheesing right now. I can't <laughs> stop looking at that. <laughs> no, no I, I don't want to repeat what you guys said. I feel like it's the same. I, I don't. Uh, contrary to Kyle, though, I don't think we're actually rebuilding. If we were rebuilding, we would have sent out some major pieces to how? try to get a fresh start. But how? Right now we can't. 
Well, that's why I don't think it is a rebuild. I think it, it is a retool because we're going to try to capitalize on the the window that we have, per se, with this core of players, which is why I feel like he has a three- to four-year leash. Because imagine if the Sharks don't make the playoffs within any of the years over the next four years. You'd expect Doug Wilson to be fired, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So that that's where I feel like he's at. If you And it's, it's contingent on, like you said before, who's out there in the market and – to where the Sharks end up in the standings. If they're a fringe team for like three years in a row, his job is safe. That's just the oh, fact. I don't think so. If, if they're fringe, if they make it in and out for three for three years with no major turnaround, I feel like his job will be okay. Well, here's the thing. If we have a repeat of last season, do you not think Doug Wilson looks at it and says, okay, you know what? Maybe we do have to go into a rebuild. Maybe this yes. core yep. of players isn't actually going to win us anything. We might as well rebuild now. Yep. I think that's the smartest way to go about it. I think next season is going to be telling us, you know, what's going to happen in the next five years. If we do okay, then I think they're just going to go on the same route and try and maybe add a couple guys. If we have a piss poor season, I think there's a rebuild ahead. Yep. Write it down. Top five fi- or bottom five finish. He's fucking fired. Okay. <laughs> all right i just told the secretary by the, t- <laughs> by the time finish. the season starts you're gonna have so many notes on shit yeah. i said on the podcast and i guarantee you 90 percent of it's gonna be wrong right hey hey 10 percent. you're that's still perfectly fine okay. <laughs> right? there you go yeah that's that's a fair point another bottom five finish it's looking a little bleak for old dw it'd be yeah. looking pretty bleak who would take over though the tim burke kind of ascending to that role I mean, no. I, who, who it, it, it depends want? at the time who's available. I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, immediately, I, I don't even know. It's honestly not something I thought about a lot because I just, I just feel like Doug Wilson's here to stay. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see who replaces him. He's if gonna, it comes to that. He's going to die signing a trade away, a first a first round pick for a player. Like that's how he's gonna right there. <laughs> well I mean uh, the assistant be... the assistant general manager is Joe Will, which I'm sure, you know, I don't think he'd get it either. I mean I, I love Joe you, you Will think as he well. Would take that interim tag until like they found someone. No, I don't I mean again it's, uh he's a I think he's a GM of the Barracuda team right now, but uh I just the personality wise that I know from Joe Will is, is not a Doug Wilson uh, type of person. So they have, to me, they have to go outside the organization unless they give it to, like, like I said, as a Mike Ricci type of player or somebody like that, that's been around the organization for a couple of years that knows the in and outs and then can get some help from other guys. Now we talked about it last week. Would a completely fresh new face help this team? I, I, I just spoke to the guys at the Leafs podcast about how the Sharks essentially closed the book on the Joe Thornton is a part of our franchise for a cup. Like that's yep. no longer happening. So would it help this team if, if Doug Wilson eventually gets fired? Would it help this team to go outside the organization completely and just do like you are saying, just do a complete and full rebuild with a new yep. core of players? Like, would it actually be better for the Sharks? It would bring another. It, it would. Be, it would bring in a new face, new perspective. So I can't see them like screwing that up. Yeah. But again, is but again is then you have to appeal to the fan base, and the fan base is pretty tight on some of these players that have been hanging around and doing coaching and stuff, and and they love Doug Wilson. So it'd have to be somebody totally new, totally innovative, and then then you're actually really going into a rebuild. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think long term, that would be the best way to go. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, I mean, so many people within the organization, they have ties with players on the team. They wouldn't really want to let them go. Someone new 
comes in. I mean, they're willing to trade guys away. They're willing to make big splashes. Um, You know, and the fan base, well, I mean, realistically, I think they're just going to have to deal with it. I think if this team is a bottom five team or even a bottom 10 team next year, I think they're going to have to deal with the fact that a rebuild is really the only route to take. You can't just sign a bunch of free agents and all of a sudden you're a contender again. We've seen with so many teams over the last decade, they're only there because they went through a hard four to six year rebuild, which I mean, it might happen, might happen folks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been spoiled long enough, right? Ever since Doug Wilson has taken over, we've only missed the playoffs twice. One of them being after we got reverse swept by LA. And then the other one was this year. So at two in almost 20 years now, it's it, we've been spoiled long enough. It's getting to the point where we have to go into that stage. That but is that good enough now? Himself. But is that good enough now? Is just making the playoffs good enough for Doug Wilson to hold on to his job? This year, or, I feel like if the Sharks make the playoffs, then he just gets an extra five years for free just oh, because they make so. the playoffs. Not five years. I'd and say, I, I'd say extra five, year that's, that's a stretch. Yeah, I agree with yeah. Kyle. Maybe two. Okay, maybe two, yeah. three. But, yeah. like, just – Okay, well, maybe what he was saying was right. Let's let's feel this situation. I mean, which is why I feel like his tenure really relies on how Bob Bugner and Rocky Thompson do with this team moving forward. It's why I said his tenure can almost be latched on. I think I said it a couple episodes ago, and State of Hoppy really called me out on it during the live stream. Was I feel? Well, oh, like that guy Bob called Bugner. me out every single fucking week. <laughs> it's his favorite thing to do. He's drinking beer and calling people out, right? <laughs> but I feel like his tenure could almost coincide with Bob Bugner's coaching. If they don't make the playoffs, Bob Bugner's out. He's out. Clap together that full rebuild. Yep. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I've said it before. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next year because I think. Uh, I think the direction of this team depends on how the Sharks do uh, in this upcoming season. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we end off the podcast here? Uh, State of Hoppy jumping in saying, hey, guys. <laughs> Look at the smiley, smiley face. That's a menacing smiley that face. Is, actually. That is. Hey, I, that is I gonna, right. I was going to say this. Hold on. Uh, Doc Emmert. Uh, oh, happy, right. Happy, oh. Happy, re- happy retirement. Jeremy, Absolutely. Uh, Legend in the games. game. Yep. Legend in the broadcast game. Um yep. Yeah, no, uh, great, great career. Honestly, yep. thanks for bringing that up, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, a, a great called a lot of our games. Uh, I loved watching them on TV, especially. I mean, Olympics too. Yeah. So, uh, happy retirement. He's been in the game for a long time, and I wish him the best. Absolutely. All right, Nick, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nothing a whole lot. I mean, we're talking a little bit about legendary. If you go to coolhockey.com and you uh, use code THPN. THPN you can get a uh, 20% off of a legendary Sharks jersey of yourself, you know, of your choice. Ooh, so feel free like to hit that. it up. Just uh, don't get an Eric Carlson jersey because Kyle will make fun of you all goddamn season about it. <laughs> right. We come on hey. to the podcast today. Kyle's like, is that an Eric Carlson jersey? I'm looking at him. I'm like, buddy, you've known I had this jersey for six, seven months now. Hey, I know. But- it's brutal. I know. If you went old school and got a number four with McLaren on the back, then we'll talk. I told Your you, I'm waiting, so I'm waiting for my signed jersey. I'm, I'm still waiting. It hasn't I showed saw, up yet. Guys, I saw a signed jersey. I'll link it to you guys later. There's a signed jersey on eBay for Kyle McLaren. It's like $350. Jesus. I, <laughs> I'm like, holy moly, Kyle, Kyle, you're expensive. Hey, Kyle, I got a business proposition. <laughs> yeah. Let's sign a bunch of shit and sell it on eBay. Right? I agree. Let's sign do it. it and send it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Uh, let's give another quick shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow the network 
at HockeyPodNet. Kyle, where can the fans find you? McLaren underscore K. And Nick? You can find me at NickFloor underscore. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm ready to end the show here. I moved my studio light way too close to my face this episode. And I've noticed it's been getting redder and redder as the episode goes on. So I'm, uh, I- I'm ready to tag off here. But uh, I will be producing as producer Pigeon on the Soda Pod coming up. So make sure you check that out, the Minnesota Wild Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, folks, it's been a fun one. We'll catch you next week.